0: This podcast is brought to you by the Clare and Gilbert Valleys Council. Welcome to another episode of the Clare Valley Podcast, keeping you informed on council news and issues in the Clare and Gilbert Valleys region. I'm your host, Annabelle Homer. On this podcast, we've highlighted the ongoing long-term housing shortage where people are struggling to find rentals across the valleys. Well, Last month, we also touched on how this shortage is now branching into tourism accommodation, with the number of BNBs now pulling out of the tourism market and offering to long-term renters. Now, this is due to a significant worker infiltration from major projects such as the Goida Wind Farm and the Battery Project at Blythe. So with less tourism accommodation available for tourists... What flow-on effect is that having on the local
1: tourism market? They shouldn't be allowed to be going into tourism spaces. They should actually have to provide their own. They should actually build a Donga village out there um, or do something in that space. And they need to do an impact study before they come in and before it gets uh, approved because these people are taking up accommodation, but they're not filling the schools, they're not going to the local doctor, they're not filling up at the local petrol station, they're not going to Woolies Hardly, and then they go home on weekends. So they're actually detracting and taking a lot away from our local economy and that's not just tourism. Hmm. It's the whole bigger picture and I think anything that gets passed going forward, that should just be a no-brainer. We'll catch up
0: with a number of tourism businesses across the valley later on in the podcast. But first, to all the latest from Council, I'm joined by Council CEO Dr Helen MacDonald. The Minister for Planning, Mick Champion and staff from the Planning Department visited the Clare Valley in February to discuss the housing shortages in the region. As part of this visit, the CEO and the Deputy Mayor used the opportunity to advocate for the Stanley Flat Code Amendment to comprise of 8,000 square metre lots
2: basically he made very clearly made the point that he wasn't going to be drawn on making any decisions or providing any indication about what the outcome might be for the code amendment so he he clearly put that to one side the point that he did want to make was there is no policy position with the current government, state government, that there can be no rural living allotments. He wanted to make that very clear. Latest update on the Stanley Flat Code amendment is that the consultation process has closed. It's been closed for quite some time, so it's basically pending a decision from the from the commission. And what we did have a quite a discussion about was housing and the lack of housing with the minister that's what we did actually talk quite a lot about as well as the Stanley Flat code amendment so he was interested in what we might be doing here in Clare also just sharing what he'd learnt in his various rounds so it was really just a an exchange of information and letting him know that the wind farm has significantly impacted the availability of both uh, residential housing but also tourism accommodation
0: Staff members from the Department of Planning also recommended Council to develop a land use strategy similar to what other
2: councils have put in place. So, what does that actually involve? You know, it doesn't have to be a detailed document, a high level kind of view about where the opportunities are for growth in terms of housing, particularly, or if you know industry etc so their areas currently exists as we call it deferred urban growth or you know potential urban growth so they're at at this point it's um, areas that are are nominated for growth but Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean the property owner has indicated any interest in doing anything. Is council
0: considering taking on this strategy or developing a strategy of some sort?
2: Oh, well, council hasn't made a decision, um, they were just informed. I do think is a good suggestion and we'll put it up as part of an idea f- for the next financial year in terms of you know putting aside some money for a consultant to do that work.
0: There was also discussions on land management agreements and whether these agreements could give Council the power to have more control over developments.
2: My understanding of land management agreements is... They were a tool that councils use to give some control over development. They could be used either to prevent subdivision or encourage subdivision. They exist. They're actually part of a title. And the previous council meeting, there was actually a resolution or report which was about removing a land management agreement from a property. And so councils can extinguish them. They only become active when, when there's a development decision They've come up as part of the Stanley Flat Code Amendment as a potential tool to prevent subdivision of that land to anything smaller than 8,000 square metres.
0: And the agreement's between who? Council
2: and the property owner. It's attached to the property title. So even if the property is sold, then that agreement still adheres to that property. And does
0: that agreement have any muscle at all?
2: Well, that's... Yet to be fully determined by law. There's one case in process, and there's a case that was held, I think it was prior to the Code Amendment being so that's a new planning uh, law being put in place, and that indicated uh, recent policy would trump the power of council as a determining body. So it would suggest that the planning commission or the the decision-making body of planning, it sits with the state government planning department, would trump council council's position on it.
0: If the current policy or the current planning commission or state department trumps this land management agreement, then what's the point in having the land management agreements?
2: that's the point they could be potentially useful as guidance for the planning department if there's a proposal that is very much at odds with other regulations there might be with relation to a piece of land but it's a bit difficult to see how many of the ones that were put in place in and around the clear valley how appropriate they would be
0: Community battery sites. The state government's requested councils to provide potential locations for community batteries. The councils put forward three nominations, one each in Clare, Riverton, and Saddleworth. What does this actually mean? These community battery sites, and what does that mean to, to households in the Clare Valley?
2: Um, um, yeah, don't uh, don't get too excited. <laughs> would be my first words. This is my understanding, is it's about providing um, a backup storage of energy at the times when the, the grid goes down because obviously we've got lots of energy going into the grid from solar and wind, but the challenge is is being able to store that and also to provide cost relief to people on lower incomes. I think that is what they're trying to achieve and they're looking for locations which are relatively cheap and easy to access, to put these batteries,
0: and the outcome of this process is expected to be known middle of, of this year. So there should be some type of announcement. Yeah, at that point. Yeah. In last month's podcast episode, the Clare Discovery Caravan Park said it would not charge the public access to the water park on Monday to Thursday and Sundays. So, a council is happy with this arrangement.
2: Uh, I, th- I think it's probably fair to say they're not overly impressed.
0: Do they want the park to be open all the time to the public? Is that the idea? Is that the, what the council? I think want?
2: they want a long-term commitment of uh, free public as- access. I mean, it's, it is open. It's whether the community has to pay for that access or not. I, th- I think they're grateful that there has been a change, but they want some indication that that change is long-standing, and their preference would be that they, the community, has free access at any time. The lease has nothing in there that. That forces Discovery to provide uh, free access to the community, to the water park. It is merely the fact that their CEO has made commitments uh, both to council and in the media, in various parts of the media, that the community would have free access. So um, it's a reputational issue for Discovery.
0: Last month, we reported that Phoenix Avenue Clare is now deemed freehold after the community land status was revoked, meaning it can now be put up for auction. This was in the hope a developer would purchase it and use it for housing. administration is requesting that council consider the disposal of the land in the context of how it might help address its strategic vision and objectives as well
2: as the current housing shortage. It just occurred to me that council needed to better consider the Phoenix Avenue site in relation to its strategic objectives and it wasn't clear to me and I don't know that we as administration had provided them with that information to do that thinking and so that was the purpose of the report um, that was provided in terms of you know it would be a way to meet some of their strategic objectives if they gifted it to Uh, are not for profit and then we could have uh, or increase the affordable housing so people on lower incomes or even just increase housing Um, for example the hospital is in desperate need for accommodation for its staff so it would be a way to address some of those housing shortfalls that we're currently experiencing. I mean having said that the development of the sites would likely to take a couple of years but still. Okay so at the moment council didn't make a decision No, they made no decision about which direction they want to go in. The decision that they've made is that it would be put up for auction. I mean, that's the... So, which would mean that it's... We sell it to the highest bidder. What happens to the land is somebody might buy it and do nothing with it or they might not do anything with it for 20 years. So, it just becomes sold, land that's sold. And finally...
0: A rate review. The last rate review was undertaken by David Hope back in 2022. Council didn't take up any of the recommendations from that review
2: but now there's a call to do another one.
0: Is this standard practice for councils to do a rate review every few years?
2: Oh, absolutely not. No, most councils probably every um, 10 years they might do a rate review. Sometimes it's a bit more often depending on what's happening, but certainly councils don't have to do it um, with any frequency. It's probably in terms of best practice that it happen from time to time, but it's (laughs) usually driven by a desired outcome something that seems seems to be not working.
0: How confident are you that there's going to be any tangible outcome from this rate review, considering there wasn't really any recommendations taken up taken up in the last
2: one? Well, we do have a slightly different composition of councillors, so there is that aspect of it. Um, honestly i I don't have a clear idea of what councillors want to achieve in undertaking the review. There seems to be people on both sides of the camp. Honestly, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure if there's any agreement across the councillors in terms of what they think is ineffective in the current way in which we rate. Because
0: as you mentioned earlier, when you do a rate review, it's because there is an issue of hmm. some sort, you're unclear as to what the issue is. Oh, I don't know what, yeah, no idea what the issue is, yeah. So when
2: is this proposed rate review going to take place? Probably won't be till the next financial year. Yeah, we don't have money in the budget to do it.
0: Helen, thank you so much again for your contribution and giving us all the feedback and discussion from the latest council meeting. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Back to the housing shortage. In particular, There's an increasing amount of tourism accommodation being used as long-term rentals to cater for the workers at the Goida Wind Farm Development and the Battery Development at Blythe. So what impact is that having on the overall tourism industry in the Clare Valley? The manager of the Clare Valley Wine, Food and Tourism Centre, Sally Haynes, says it's a big concern as there'll be less tourism dollars being spent in the valley.
3: We are definitely seeing struggles in booking people accommodation i'm not sure of exact figures it's very hard to get that information But i am very aware of quite a few airbnbs that have rented out their premises on a longer term basis rather than one or two night airbnbs what is long-term rentals what we're seeing is people coming in and they are booking these places from like two weeks to two months maybe three months at a time and unfortunately they book them out over the weekends as well even if the workers are in there monday to friday and then head home to adelaide or wherever else over the weekend they're still paying over the weekend which means that the tourists can't book those areas once again you know if you're looking at cleaning costs and turnover it makes sense from the airbnb owner point of view to just book it out for the two months straight but unfortunately, it's accommodating those weekend tourists that is suffering. Mm-hmm. And then that also means that the tourism dollar is not coming into the region as much. So what we're finding is a lot of these Airbnbs are getting, because there's such a shortage of accommodation, they're booked out all the time. So they don't feel the need to be advertised on our web space. So then we're also losing them as a, on a membership base. So the popularity of Airbnbs and the demand for tourism is also impacting us financially in that if you're not paying the annual membership to us, we're losing that revenue and then we also will take you off our website as a listing.
0: How many have pulled their listing?
3: In the last financial year, we probably saw about 10 out of 60 not renew. That's still quite significant, isn't it? Yeah. And when we're relying on every little bit of revenue that we can get to keep functioning, then it it starts to make an impact. Okay, and how much is the membership? We charge $125 per year. We want to be able to accommodate these people here, show the tourists what we have to offer in the Clear Valley. And if they stay here, then they end up spending more here. So, So what is the average spend? So the recent South Australian Tourism Commission figures that were released back in September indicated that the average spend of a tourist coming to Clare was around $214 per person. If you consider that last year at the Visitor Centre, we had uh, 21,500 people walk through our doors that equates to about $4.6 million being injected into the local area and that's tourism spend. And then add to that, previously a study showed if a tourist comes into a information centre and receives information from that centre on what to do, what to see, they often incurred an additional unplanned spend of $180. So that's An extra $180 per person being spent locally at restaurants, at the pubs, on fuel, in the grocery store. And then that actually equates to an additional $2.6 million being injected into the community as well. If we take those figures and look at the tourist side of things and then see how that relates to the accommodation being booked to the, the wind farm workers that sort of money is not being injected back into the local community they are definitely getting their food at the grocery stores but actually the tourism sector is not seeing the same sort of money and if we can't accommodate these tourists to spend tourism money then the valley is going to be missing out so it's definitely a big concern If we can't address the accommodation and we can't provide more accommodation for tourists, then we're going to have to look at other options to see what's viable. So what other options are there? Well, it seems that the wind farms are here for another couple of years. And to obviously build these wind farms, you need to have the workers. So if the accommodation shortage is going to be something that we're going to deal with for the next couple of years, we need to look at options that are viable and that might be more day tours coming up from the city. So bus companies, they not just going to the Barossa, not going to McLaren Vale, actually doing day trips up to Clare. And now with the improvements on the highway, they can get up here faster. A day trip is viable and it would be a way to get the tourists into the town to showcase the beautiful region that we live in Um, Does that
0: happen now, day trips from, from Adelaide?
3: Not often. There's nothing established on an ongoing basis, but there are companies out there that would do it at a request.
0: Ali Paulette from Paulette Wine says they've been feeling the effects when it comes to hiring staff for their cellar door and vintage workers. She also confirms the Tourism Commission was totally unaware of the accommodation shortage. She explains why.
1: When I spoke to um, the Minister when she was up last time, absolutely oblivious to it, no idea. One of the other roundtables I had, I heard that the reporting that goes back there, they only report on um, over 10 beds, Um, and I think it's 10 beds, but it is a lot. Um, Whether it's 8 or 10 beds, you might need to fact-check that one there, but the reporting that goes back with accommodation doesn't include uh, the B&Bs and the small ones, so they're not seeing those figures, Um, and it's the figures, they're the ones that have been hit really hard. So So why don't they report for anything under 10 beds? The comment was it costs more money, I didn't think that was acceptable or well enough. And I think with digital technology nowadays, they're all through... Airbnb they're all through um, online booking systems I'm pretty sure there would be a way that they could actually see how many were on there and how many are now not on there um, and they can see price and they can you know tap into these booking ones most of them are through the main booking systems um, even the you know the Park hotels are using these booking systems so I really didn't take that as an acceptable answer and mm. I questioned it so I'm hoping that they can actually change that because the over 10 beds you were only looking at some of the big hotels here and that's not where the wind farmers are staying that's not where the contractors are staying it's the the b BNBs, Airbnb B&Bs. and even, you know, houses that were turned that were houses are being turned into accommodation and being rented out. So it's a big problem. And when they're rented out, are they rented
0: out in full? Are there like numerous workers in a house or is it No.
1: From what I've heard, it's been a one bed, one bath policy. But the wind farm they can only control so much because they use subcontractors and they can't control what the subcontractors do. Um, and for them to attract workers up here, they give them pretty good, I guess, facilities and they have to offer them really good money and accommodation Um, and so they're not going to stack those houses um, and they're not going to have multiple people per bathroom um, because it's hard for them to get staff as well Mm. so to change that we can't Um, and I did ask the question uh, for David Wilson to take back which he has he's been fantastic in his role. Because it's already been passed and legislated, we can't change what they've approved until 2025. Um, And I said, this needs to go back and we need to start actually petitioning now that any of these big developments going forwards, as we have to do with our stormwater, what's your stormwater on your property doing to your neighbours? We have to report and make sure it doesn't happen. These guys need to actually come in and do an impact plan on the local tourism and the local area because it's absolute rubbish. Like they should have come in in here and said, if you're going to take up that much accommodation they shouldn't be allowed to be going into tourism spaces. They should actually have to provide their own. They should actually build a Donga village out there um, or do something in that space, and they need to do an impact study before they come in and before it gets uh, approved because these people are taking up accommodation, but they're not filling the schools. They're not going to the local doctor. They're not filling up at the local petrol station. They're not going to Woolies hardly, and then they go home on weekends. So they're actually detracting and taking a lot away from our local economy, and that's not just tourism. Mm. It's the whole bigger picture and I think anything that gets passed going forwards, that should just be a no-brainer. Well that falls on the state government though. Hugely, Mm. absolutely and that's why we need to start petitioning now so that anything else they do, like obviously this one's done until 25 we can't do a thing about it, but we can, going forwards, we can actually have a voice and start to say, this is unacceptable, this needs to happen and change and we need to find the right people and Penny Pratt's been awesome as well, Um, so we need to get in the ears of the people that we can and actually get the ball rolling to make sure that this doesn't happen again and it doesn't happen to other regional areas. It's hard enough for regional areas to stay viable and functional and to attract people to live in these regional areas. Um, And then when you have big corporates that come in and, you know, suck the life out of the region and and make it harder, I mean, it's hard enough with the, you know, the state of the global economy, we don't need this on top of it. Mm. I understand that you're doing your bit to try and alleviate
0: the issue. I understand (laughs) you're about to, well, in the throes of building your own accommodation.
1: Yes, we did. So a couple of years ago, we went down that line um, and we do have planning approval for Eleven on our property, which we are really excited about. Um, It's been a very long journey. uh, Getting investors and COVID and all those sort of things in between has been fun. But we are fortunate enough, we've got five beautiful locations looking at the sunrise down below the winery. And on the other side of the road, we have got six looking at the sunset over the vineyards. Beautiful little accommodations, which would just be a compliment to our cellar door and our, our restaurant here and also to the valley so um, hopefully we will see some earth being moved in the near future. Ah uh, so you're thinking they might come online in the next year or so? I would like to hope so but um, yeah we'll see what happens. Greg Cooley
0: from Greg Cooley Wines has noticed a decline in tourists visiting their cellador and attending their live events since the October long weekend last year. He's also heard of some visitors having to do day trips to the valley as they couldn't secure accommodation.
4: We're certainly noticing a drop of people that are trying to stay for a couple of days as well. Uh, like they'd be called the grey nomads are still fine. They're coming through and staying at the caravan parks, of which there's quite a few now. But certainly the people that are trying to make a, a weekend away, particularly with large groups. I certainly find it difficult to all be in the one spot. or So you've even had examples of some people camping at the caravan park because they can't get anywhere to stay. Um, People that wanted to come up to the Clare Valley couldn't get accommodation at all. So the nearest place where they could get suitable accommodation for them was the Barossa. So instead of Clare being the overnight stay, it became the day trip basically so therefore Barossa ends up getting the meals in the night and everything as well and also limited to how many people you can actually how long you can stay during the day um, as well.
0: When did you start seeing these effects?
4: Probably from the October long weekend I think we started to notice that there was a drop there and then it's been a subsequent flow on. you have had some quiet months as well so that's been intriguing to see whether that is due to the wind farm guys as well and the battery ones or whether that was just the slower time of the year anyway but as isn't
0: well. october long weekend supposed to be the busiest time of it's year it's bunta
4: i think it is the biggest weekend for us as well and so for that to drop off is a disappointing for us because we're putting on entertainment and food trucks as well and there's a thing that we're happy with our you know our wine sales but you also feel for the food truck people that have come up and expecting 150 people and they get 90 people because the other people simply can't Find anywhere to stay basically.
0: Have you heard of accommodation prices going up because of the shortage?
4: I have a feeling it is because we've booked some artists and what was last year, X dollars is now 20% more than X dollars um, basically as well. Now I don't know if that's just natural growth or the rooms have been renovated or something as well, but it is, um, it, you can't really find there's no such thing as cheap accommodation in the Clare Valley uh, unless you're camping. Um, at the Discovery Park or one of the other caravan parks now as well. And that's good as well. We're not, we're not aiming at – you want people who have got some money to spend as well. But, yes, we've certainly found that when we're putting artists up that, yeah, it's costing us a little bit more.
0: Have you got to a stage where you can't get your artists in accommodation?
4: Uh, we've had that several times now, um, and that's now when we're looking ahead uh, – we're, we're up to, we've got our artists plan for, for June, but when we're looking at October, our first thing now is where can we put them? No, you us signing a contract and then going, oh, we've got you staying at Borough or, you know, Saddleworth mm-hmm. or somewhere. We need them to be close.
0: I'm here with Maggie Gunn from the Clare Central Motel. Maggie, we've been speaking to a few other people and other businesses around town about the accommodation shortage in the Clare Valley, wanting to know what's happening with your business and what you're feeling. Um, in regards to long term rentals, because I understand that is your bread and butter. Look, it certainly is. We've set up our rooms, I've been
5: there five and a half years. It's been the same since day one for me and for the previous owners. Um, we've set up our rooms to be self contained. So we've got little kitchenettes and they're quite comfortable for long term bookings. What I've done of late with all the you know, infrastructure with all of the wind farmers is I've got about 50% where I've got long-term people. Um, They're on about a two-year contract. And then 50% of the motel, I've got Monday to Friday workers. And then I've got staff in place where I can actually clean the rooms and then flip it around on a Friday morning for a Friday, Saturday, Sunday night for our tourism, for our weekend people. So that's at the moment how we're operating, which works really well. So it's the best of everything, I suppose.
0: We've been hearing that the workers are not investing back in the town. They're heading home on a weekend. They're not putting money back into the community. Are you seeing that?
5: look we're 300 metres from the main strip of town so where the Taminga is a stone's throw so I see the guys pretty much every night walking down to have a beer they're certainly eating in the pubs they're going to our supermarkets they're going to our chemists Um, they're certainly putting money back in the town they're filling up their trucks their utes um, all of their vehicles in Clare at the local petrol station so I do see money being pumped back in from that side of things Um, yes we do have some long-term people but also we've got those Monday to Friday people that then leave on the weekends the rooms vacant we clean them then we get the weekend people in for um for the tourism so
0: and are you getting the weekend people in Or was that chockers as well?
5: Uh, Look, yes and no. For the next long weekend coming up, we have got quite a bit of vacancies. Easter long weekend, quite a bit of vacancies. Um, So we're certainly open for business. We certainly welcome the tourists. We're very central. We're very close to everything. Um, But yes, our bread and butter is our workers because they're consistent. Um, I don't see consistency with us, with the tourism. Um, Most of it is with our long-term and our workers that are that Monday to Friday on those contracts. Um, I can certainly rely on them 100%.
0: Are you getting to the point that you're turning workers away because there's such an influx of workers into the community?
5: Look, absolutely. Um, Some weeks or some nights I'm turning up to 10 people away a night. So that's a massive problem. We're talking Monday to Friday with groups of people that I've built relationships with over the years, um, with companies I'm I'm meaning here, Um, and they love staying with us because we're quite central to town. But yes, absolutely, we are turning,
0: turning that away. So during the weekend, though... You're not being absolutely slammed. There is still plenty of accommodation for tourists. I believe there's, with, it, with us, there's plenty of accommodation during the
5: weekend. Monday to Friday, we are absolutely slammed. And I could do with another 20 units, to be honest, which is why we're looking to build. But weekends, we've certainly got the vacancies. Well, we're in the process of having some plans drawn up. We've got a, a nice size spare block at the end of the motel. So we can certainly fit another eight, um, another eight units, if not 10. And we're looking to build a nice little entertainment area and put a swimming pool up there. So it'll all come in stage so we'll see what happens so watch this space Um, but that certainly is the plan um, to do that we're hoping within a two-year period
0: well congratulations and thank you so much maggie for being part of this story
5: thank you annabelle
0: maggie gunn from the clare central motel finishing that report if you have any questions or have anything further to add about any of the topics discussed on the podcast episode today don't hesitate to contact the clare and gilbert valleys council I'll catch you again next month for another episode of the Clare Valley Podcast.